Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another <laughs> Guess can't talk about that. Hey, everybody. We did it. We did it. We're here and only a little bit behind the 10 minute mark. That's right. That's fine. That's well, fine. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, Season 33. Yes. Holy shitballs. We've all been around far too long doing this. Episode 6. That means we're all at least 33 years old, right? Yeah. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm Stay at 29. <laughs> yeah. I myself am Kadave, for those of you that might not know. Hey, I'm Ingi. Me amo es Rob. Thank you. In today's episode, we have the topic of what made you want to GM, which is interesting. I like it. And then we have an email. A juggling GM asks how to balance PC backstories with plot. That's, That's a- not literally juggling. I looked ahead. Well, now you've broken juggling. my dreams. <laughs> I can juggle while, I, you, while we do it, though. I would 100% love a GM that's just up there juggling away. Literally juggling. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it. As a GM. <laughs> yeah, Dan Emmerich. Yeah. Like, while he's GM. I'm sure he has it somewhere. Well, see, you, then you haven't seen it. That's you've fair. seen a, I've seen it in my a, head. You've seen a juggler who also GMs. Yeah, that's fair. In my yeah. dreams, I should right. say. I've fair enough. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then Thomas from Denmark wants to know how to keep track of all the NPCs in a story. Because that could be a lot. <laughs> if you'd like yeah. to contribute a question or a story to the show, Email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. One more time, happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. What's the email address? Just so everybody Go back has and it. listen again. Oh. Get good. Take notes. Get <laughs> paid. Uh, <laughs> here's the announcement. Big announcement. Uh, coming up January 13th, next weekend. Oh, snap. Uh, game Days, our Discord-based mini game con organized by all the awesome listeners on the Discord, is happening. There are currently 11 games on the books. Four of those still have seats available, and more could be added at any moment. It seems like every time I think everything's full, somebody else comes up with an idea and puts it up there. You can join up and figure out how to join that at happyjacks.org slash Discord. And then you're part of this Discord community that's just full of awesome people. That talk all the time. Like all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit intimidating, but just jump in wherever you're gonna jump in, and that's your flow. If you're big on Discord, you won't be intimidated. That's, that's fair. fair. I, on yeah. the other hand, yeah. I'm like, I just can't keep up. No. I think and, I, and I was told you're not supposed to. That's no, just, yeah. just, just you can't let it go. Just, yeah. yeah. Just Elsa. But I will say, like, if you're looking for community games, if you're looking to just scratch an itch, if you haven't. If you haven't jumped in a game in a while and are just looking for people who can kind of jump in and, and wrap their arms around you and bring you into the fold, like this is a hundred play hundred percent the way to do it. If you're not familiar with Discord, you know, the video options are great, the audio options are really easy. I highly recommend it. 
this stuff's been going on for, I mean, a few years now, seven, eight years off and on, right? With yeah. the old, with the old like JackerCon and stuff like that. Yeah, JackerCon's still a specific event. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But they've started doing these game days monthly-ish. Oh, that's um, great. That are just get people from the community together. And here's a secret that I found out about being part of the Happy Jacks community is oh. if people listen to the show and like the games we play, and you also listen to the show and like the games we play, suddenly you're in a community of all people that kind of think like you do and agree with kind of where you're coming at RPGs from, which makes it so easy to jump in and play games with people, right? You're not going into a just complete blind date situation, right? You're not going to show up and be like, oh, Lord, I don't know all (laughs) the choices that are being made. I don't want to be a part of this. So it's super easy to jump in and just kind of be there. It's fun. I totally recommend it. All right. The Indie Designer of the Month this month is a friend of the show, Christopher Gray, a.k.a. Sundered Hold Scriptorium. Uh, His website is sunderedhold.com. One more time. Sunderedhold.com. And there's no www. No. It will probably still work. Well, maybe, but it's not on the paper, so it doesn't Yeah, we don't. That's true. I also did not say HTTPS. Colon, colon forward slash slash forward slash because web browsers today are smarter than we are. Yes. So they'll figure it out. Hey, and uh, James V just put it in in, uh, in the chat. There yeah, chat. Thank yeah. you, James. James is also smart enough. Yeah, he is like absolutely a landslide and super on top of it. Yes. Unlike us. Yeah. Unlike us. Featured game that we're going to talk about right now is Dungeon Caster. It's a new fantasy tabletop RPG rule set, specifically just random enough. He has spent a lot of time working on this caster universe of games and porting things into it, and it's fun. It's quick, it's light, but it has enough detail in it that you can really dive into making your character instead of some of the very, very rules-like games where you're like, my character's just like everybody else's character. Mm. Combat is not a slog. I've heard him talk about getting through a full-scale combat in... 10 or 15 minutes oh, wow. Wow. instead of two and a half, three hours. Characters are the important focus of the game. It's very story-driven. It's easy to pick up and play because the books aren't massive tomes that break tables. <laughs> you can just pick it up and glance through it and figure it out. The best thing, though, is that it is compatible with any D20 product or setting. You can transfer all those old D&D adventures that you like to this new rule set without a lot of work. You can get it at for ten ninety nine at drive through RPG or sunderedhold.com. All right. That's and awesome. I would recommend checking it out because I've liked all of Chris's games that I've ever played. Yeah. And if you're a person on the Patreon, you've probably heard the episode where he and I and Joey were talking about Disneyland and how it inspired him to write his happiest apocalypse on earth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, yeah. Fun times, fun times. All right, moving on to the topic. Topic for the day. What made you first want to GM a game? If you don't GM, why isn't it for you? What's a GM? Buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Just pack your bag. Start walking. That's it. Get out. (laughs) Never docking my towels again. What made me want to GM? Yeah, let's find out. My very first game, I was like, this is fun, but I want to do it. 
that guy's doing. You know, and I was single digits in years, you know, yeah. like I was a kid. I my first game that I played, I was like five. My cousin. Oh wow. Yeah, my cousin was like trying to entertain me and my brother and like thought he'd show us these books and like he made us characters. And I remember being like a um he's like, you're a halfling thief. We're gonna make you a halfling thief because halflings are small and they've got hairy feet. And I remember him saying, are you going to have hairy feet when you grow up? And, uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but those, not those like could, Hobbit yeah. level, but still. And yeah. And I was just immediately enamored. My brother got all the books. I stole them and I would just spend hours and hours and hours pouring over those books because I wanted to be the storyteller, not so much the player. And like, mm-hmm. to this day, like I'm the forever GM out of, choice and my friends are always like well don't you want to play you know i'll run so you can play and i'm like i'd rather not so what is it about is it setting up the story so others can engage in it is it directing like what is it about being on that side that really calls you yeah i really i love setting up the pins so other people can knock them down and feel awesome yeah i love creating worlds that people like and just setting up this cool world that people can like around in i mean just this week i was running my wednesday night D group across wastelands and they found some i don't even remember what it was now but random monster and they fought that and as it's end as the combat is wrapping up this dragon comes down and i'm explaining everything and just watching all of their eyes like saucers like and i'm like this is it right here this is the juice that and then after jamming for a while, playing with new players okay. and like when you're sitting there and like a lot of people these days in particular have played video games or whatever and they're going, okay, well, and they're trying to find where the map ends, like what's not on the, the decision tree or whatever. Yeah. There's a point where it's like they realize they can do anything that they want and all of a sudden you would watch that light go in their eyes and like that's shit right there so so has there ever been a moment in your gming career where you've wanted to take a step back and be like no no no, i need to see it from the other side like i need to see it from a player point of view in order to find mojo again or something along those lines yes but not necessarily for that reason there was something that happened not too long ago where i was like I think I played in somebody's game at one point and it completely changed my my perspective on things because when I'm running a game, especially like D&D 5e, we're in combat and whatever's happening, I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried about it. What? No, you guys will be fine. I'm, I'm watching your hit points. Like, nah, like even if you go, do go down, like one of these guys is going to be able to get you back up and like you got, you got Revivify, whatever, you'll be fine. Yeah. But the stress that's happening on the player side in that moment of like slowly watching oh, yeah. your hit points start to whittle away and get chipped down and all that stuff, mm-hmm. that is frightening. Yes. And like, I need to be more aware of that. And like when I'm DMing, and so I need to have that experience fresh in my head. So that's one of the reasons I think it's very important to More aware play. of it as a tool to use against them? No. Oh, okay. No, like to keep in mind that like if I just want to like, oh, I just want to chip away a bunch of people's hit points for a while. Yeah. Right? Like the effect 
Like I go into every encounter with a mood that I'm trying to create for that specific encounter, right? Like okay. not every like, oh, this should be a fun swashbuckly time, right? Gotcha. But if everybody is like taking massive damage and almost dying, it is not a fun swashbuckly <laughs> time. It is a hard combat. Yeah. And yeah, it is stressful. Yeah. And and but sometimes it should be like that. But it's like, oh, well, I should have these guys not be able to hit as well and not do as much damage when they do. Because that's going to be fun for the players. And so, yeah. yeah, the more they can... Give them that opportunity to be like, oh, we got this. Yeah. And instead of just every single time <laughs> combat being that, like, oh, God. Yeah. I don't... Oh, no, you go. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to stay over here by this barrel. So, interesting, yeah. just... And it is slightly going off topic, but whenever we stayed on topic, the interesting thing about the, the combat perspective that you're talking about mm-hmm. and, and when it should be swashbuckling in an encounter, do you tend to look at what it is from a story perspective about when you can introduce that? Or is it more of a situation of, oh, I just had a bunch of people level, they've gotten new abilities and stuff like that. Let me give them a chance to scratch that. I do it more from a story perspective. Okay. Because I think, like, in my games, I try to do this, like, wave of emotions as far as encounters go. Like, if you just had a big bad encounter maybe you know like half like we just did one where they had to take out a fey lord who had usurped the throne from one of the pc's parents oh no and now yeah and this is like this is end game stuff right so i'm like this has to be hardcore and there was a moment where i was sweating out my butthole right (laughs) like uh, because i was like oh no everybody is down except the druid yeah but that makes it good yeah and then the druid did one thing, got the fighter who was that it's her throne. And then the bad guy made the mistake of walking away or casting a spell. And the fighter had Mage Slayer. So every time somebody casts a spell while they're in melee combat yeah. with her, she gets a free attack. And she has this spear that will turn him mortal so they can kill him. Oh. She does opportunity attack with that thing. Boom. And all of a sudden, complete 180. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was intense. But the next thing that they fought, you better believe it was a bunch of guys that they could just murder the shit out of (laughs) so they could feel cool and like heroes again. Yeah. You know, and that that to me is also very important is like, let your heroes know that they're heroes every now and then and then make them work for it. And then here's butter you can fight. Just like musically, right? Like, yeah. If you're listening to a band play and they're just at at 11 screaming at you the whole time (laughs) what (laughs) it's not as interesting musically as a band that can show some range Mm -hmm. right instruments i'm not necessarily talking about like a rock band depends on the mood you're in though it's what he was talking about sure and that's the story part sure that it counts for things but if you make a playlist and it's all the same type of music to the point where there's literally no variation it's just a bunch of people doing different takes on the same exact thing Uh uh-huh that's not as interesting to me as a playlist that takes you on a journey, sure. right? Like you want to have some, just like reading a book, right? Like if you open the book and on page one, it's balls to the wall action. Yeah. And, and it never and stops it never being balls stops. to the wall action. It's very difficult for that to be a great book. Even Michael Bay has people have a right. conversation like, every night. Really the closest I've ever seen a film get to that is like Fury Road, right? Yeah. And like that, was yeah. the limit, right? <laughs> like, yeah. 
And even that has moments where it went into like memory sure. and gave you a little chance to go, okay. Yeah, you gotta right. take a breath. Yeah. yeah, just breathe a minute. But yes. just have that dynamic range makes it interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what made you wanna for me, I really got into GMing when I discovered things I wanted to run that nobody else was around to do. Mm-hmm. Or nobody else had the interest to take up the mantle. So Angie was desire, yours was necessity. Kind of. I mean, like, I still like being a player. For sure. Player? Yeah. yeah. That's it, right. Yeah. I go around to all the systems. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's, I love playing in a game. To me, it's almost like the introvert-extrovert balance. Mm-hmm. Right? Like being a player to me is more an introverted experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm absorbing this story and I'm processing yeah. it, digesting it, and then making a move or doing my thing or choosing my actions or acting out whatever scene I'm in. Yeah. Which I know is weird because, like, I play publicly on the internet a lot. <laughs> it doesn't seem like an introverted activity. But you can't look them in the eyes. So but, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, to me, GMing is the extrovert, right? Yeah. Totally. You're hosting You're this party. Yeah. You are organizing the catering and you are figuring out the entertainment and the lighting. And when you have to go pee, nobody gets the point. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You are on break. So like that, that's the balance for me. And if I do too much of one or the other, I'd feel the need to change. Yeah. Right. Like I'll play a game, like I'll be a player solid for six, eight months. Fine, no problem. But I get to about that line and I'm like, there's something I want to run. Yeah. When we're playing our game here on Sundays, Pinnacles, check it out, happyjacks.com slash Pinnacles. I'll be sitting there being like, like getting antsy. I'm like, you're not doing enough. You just look Jason dead in the eyes and be like, you're doing it wrong. No, Jason's not doing it wrong. He's doing it fine. I just get he's antsy. Just, he's just not <laughs> no. me doing it. No, mm-hmm. he's doing exactly. it wrong. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of where I come from. And then over the years, as RPGs have bloomed in mm. variety and yeah. topic and, oh, yeah. and, like and drilled yeah. down to such a specific degree, <laughs> right? Yes. Because, like, it's not back in the day where our choices were, you know, Riffs, Riffs Traveler, Teenage Ninja Turtle. Uh, or like, you know, Palladium Fantasy, if you were... Tune, I remember buying right. Tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. were like a, a few games, but there were enough, there, there were so few titles available that mm-hmm. like you kind of picked a path and that's the direction you went. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, for years, I, I mean, I still, I don't like to learn new systems because it's really difficult for me with my learning disabilities to learn new systems. So it's like when I... I didn't like D&D, so I created my own system, and then I found Hero System, James, who made Champions. Yeah, yeah. And I had a group that was playing that, and I was like, well, this is great because I can use one system for anything that I want to do. absolutely. And then eventually they went from version four of the rules, which was, you know, like a D&D book size, to version five, which was like two and a half D&D books stacked on top of each other. It was a single phone book. And then version six, which is two phone books. And I was like, I, one, I don't even want to read this. Two, you know, and I've been playing this for 15 years. Yeah. And two, I can't possibly get, I can't ask another human being to get into this game. Yeah. And that's when I found Savage Worlds. And I was like, great, perfect, Savage Worlds, all I'm ever going to yeah. need. It's a pamphlet. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And now it's like, 
a slightly larger pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> Savage World. Pegging.com. <laughs> Uh, what, what about was, you? No, wait. Okay. What was your first system that you jammed? Uh, it was that Star Wars D6. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The West, West End? West End Star Wars D6 right. games West that End we played games. together in high school. That's right. That you fucked up. I did not fuck up. You played your character. I, I, I did play my character. Right. But, I blew up the party with a Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> in the first session. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't know there was going to be more than one. Right. <laughs> my defense. <laughs> I had that problem recently with the D D group. I'm like, hey, we're gonna get together and play like a series of one shots, and every time yeah. it'll be something new. And everyone showed up, and at the end of it, I pulled out deck of many things and had people pulling cards and stuff, and was like, well, whatever, we're not ever gonna see these characters again. Yeah. People got mad and like bummed out, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, if you want to play these characters, we'll just pretend that the deck of many things mm-hmm. never, never happened. happened. Yeah. And then one of the other guys was like, but I got a keep. I want that keep. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Bad deck of many things stuff didn't have, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> still playing with that. Group, yeah. yeah, a year and a half later. That was. Good. I mean, it was partially my fault, but like as a first time GM, I got real into the idea of like doing little mini episodes with oh, each player yeah. beforehand, and like yeah, developing their character. And I was really like, okay, cool, and set up all this sort of intrigue and shit, and my brain did not connect the dots that like I've set up too much intrigue and now you totally want to kill the other player. Like, In whoops. fairness, they wanted to kill me and I was defending myself. Well, yeah, okay. Because oh, of yeah. the vignette you know. where we set yeah. it up and yeah. yeah. Here's a little, a uh, little tip. Yeah. So my, one of my friends who I will not name in high school, <laughs> he ran his game for all of us and everybody loved it. It was like, Super cool thing, idea that he had, and uh, I think he's selling it now. I can't remember. I can't remember, so I won't go over it. But anyway, and there were like two groups that he ran with, and one was his like advanced group, and we were like the B team. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah, and we all like tried to play together. And one day, one of the guys from the A team comes in, like B A Baracus, and he's going to play with us. And we're like, this is awesome. And then like suddenly. Out of nowhere, we start getting shot up and like, boom, we start dying and stuff like that. His character ran around and killed all of us so that the DM, so the GM could like be like, hey, this is just to show you, you guys shouldn't be so trusting in your own group. Don't do that. Oh, no, that's not fun. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's not okay. I mean, that's something that a teenager would do. You know, like, he was probably 16, 17 years old and we're allowed to do that stuff when we're dumb and stupid yeah. young like that but especially yeah. before there were cameras everywhere <laughs> yeah that yeah. was a really fucked up thing because we were you know we all wanted to get together and have fun with our friends yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and then did any of you ever like <laughs> right story girl like systems wise and all that stuff i worlds i got the old Forgotten Realms box set yeah. back in the 90s and like spent like months going over it before like I transferred all my games into that. Yeah. I don't even know what I was playing in if I was playing in anything because at one point D&D was just okay you're at the dungeon yeah. and you walk inside. Yes. And that's it. And then suddenly you know we're like oh no now we're out in taverns and we're doing things like that. And so I got the Forgotten Realms set and I loved that thing and I went over it and again and again i learned like the dwarven language all this shit and then like i think the first game that i ran for my players in it 
somebody asked me about one of the cultures and I rattle off something. And one of the guys goes, actually, like blah, 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 blah. And he knew more about it than I did. And that's when I was like, you're dead. never doing a box set again. <laughs> I'm just writing my own shit. See, that's where I would have killed him. Mm. <clears throat> May have died. I- IRL? <laughs> no, actually, I, I happen. I think I've gamed with him like in the past couple of years, actually. Robert is legitimately afraid that if Lake Mead's water level keeps dropping, they're going to find all these RPG players <laughs> just, just out there. You know, from over the years. Exactly. For me, I'm I'm not really a GM. Like, I don't like. I've tried it a couple times, like high school again, and it was one of those like, oh, I have an idea for a combat, right? Because mm-hmm. we were playing riffs, and that's what riffs is. And I think it worked out okay. Like, I killed, like, a good half the party. So, yeah, that's success, right? But since then, like, there's still... I still have a little bit more of a tendency where it's either... Like, I can't find my midpoint. And in absolute fairness, it's because of a a lack of practice. Like, Mm. where I'll either go too far of, like, no, 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 this is the way you should go. Or Mm. I'll go too far going... What do you want to do? And I <laughs> and haven't. That's so frustrating as a player to be like, I need something yeah. from the buddy. Yeah, just yeah. just throw like three pebbles. Yeah, I've had yeah two DMs in the past, like I don't know, maybe seven eight years, who have been like, here's a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, well, which one should we do? Yeah, and none of the players know what to do, and they're like, well, I just gave you a bunch. I gave you seven plot hooks in front of you, and it's like, yeah, you gave us too much shit. Yeah. We didn't know which one to do, and you wouldn't give us a clue. And then one guy like decided to add one more hook to all of that, and we went, oh, oh, that shiny tower, we should go to that. The thing that just peaked up overnight, let's go to that. And he and we got our asses kicked, and he's like, well, I didn't think you'd go for it. And like, you did, really? That's you didn't think that we wouldn't go to the shiny metal tower that cropped up overnight offshore? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, that's like way higher level than you guys are right now. I'm like, well, why put it in front of us? That's, yeah, that's exactly it. And Or, or like, but make it, a, make it yeah. appear and then have some, like, badass adventure come back all beat up mm-hmm. to let you know, like, don't go out there. Oh, my party and I, we went out there last night when it appeared and, and I'm the only survivor. It's fucked up. Don't go right now. And then everybody's like, yeah. oh, now I'm scared of that place. Cool. Or like, yeah, and now uh, a lot of people like to, a lot of, a lot of Gamers that I've gamed with recently are like, oh, I just put a plot in front of them and they go, oh, that sounds much harder and way beyond what we can do. We should go out, do some other stuff, pick up some weapons, like some magic weapons and get some levels and then go do that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. (laughs) That wasn't at all. I think you guys could have taken this thing, but now I'm going to make it harder and I'm going to give you like... One of the things I just did in Baldur's Gate, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but there's an owlbear there in Act 1, mm-hmm. and it has this spear shaft sticking out of it, and you find yeah. the guy who tried to kill it, who it killed elsewhere, and he has, or it has a spear head in her, yeah. and a spear shaft yeah. in the other guys, and you can take those and combine them, and yeah. I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be so cool? They have another thing in there, too, that's like that, where you can collect the pieces of a magic item, and like, what if one of the characters had something like that, and like, give them all these like cool little hooks. Yeah. To run around. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's just where I've I've fell down. It's just the hooks, and then and then as you get older, like the timing, like just just being able to sit down and be like, okay, what do I want to do? How do I want to think about things? That's where like Dave and I have have GM together, like for con games and stuff like that, that are very 
little module, easy to handle, and situations like that, which I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed helping the players, interacting with them, and and reacting to what they're doing, and throwing them curveballs, and and driving joy in them. I mean, some of them have been pure combat scenarios, front to back, when we did Top Secret. But I mean, Dallas was a different scenario. All story. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I think that there was some differentiation there. So I think it's enjoyable, but I don't, I don't think I'm the type of person that is like the long term. Like it's just I don't. At least right now, where I am in my life, hell, when I turn sixty or something like that, and I'm retired, kids are in college or out beyond that. Bold of you to think sixty is retired. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because he's so rich. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. One day, one day. So yeah, maybe maybe that'll change it up. Maybe when I'm the the one that doesn't have dementia in the group, right? Sure. Yeah. Maybe then, then you may- can run the same scenario every day. Yay! Uh, so yeah i don't know i don't know yeah but if you stick with it long enough you'll get like me where you're good enough to manipulate your players into going where you want them to go that's right yeah without them realizing it you get really good at inception i just do that in real life yeah so i don't want to do it for gaming Mm, yeah no that and that's 100 percent fair yeah i think that actually may be part of it is it like I'm so extroverted as a part of like a job and stuff yeah. like that? And I'm just so out there and constantly talking, constantly reacting to things sure. like that. that I'm like, when I game, I just want to turn my brain off. Yeah. One of my best players I've ever played with, who's part of my Wednesday night group. She is very much what I believe Matt Coville referred to as an audience member player, where she's happy to show up, hang out with friends, drink beers, roll dice and do her thing. Mm-hmm. She's an actor. Oh, right? yeah. So, like, she doesn't instigate a lot of stuff. But if you throw the ball to her, the number of times that we were on her family's quest line and something came up and she would go, like, <clears throat> and just kind of like <laughs> slight adjustment. Yeah. And she would go into something and all of a sudden it was just tears over Zoom. Yeah. She's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. She's That's super so rare. good. Yeah. But it's like some people you got to throw the ball to. Because I, I actually had a mutual friend. I'm like, are they here? I don't know. I had a mutual friend who was like, I just played with Laura. And she, like, I really expected her to kind of like be out there and all this stuff. Yeah. So she's so ex- extroverted. But like, she just kind of sat there and watched everything. And I was like, oh, here's the key with her. is She's great. But you got to throw her the ball. Yeah. She's not going to take it on her own. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I totally understand that, right? Just. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to shift into neutral and just let it wash over you. Yeah. 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 I tend to dissociate when I play. Mm. Okay. Well, congrats. Yeah. Some <laughs> game like sessions that. go by like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't account how many times I've been like sitting at a game where I'm playing and I get ideas for other games or other things. And so I'm like writing down these things yeah. while trying to pay attention. Or like I played a game online. I feel really, really bad about this. One of my friends was running a game and I was on Twitter the whole time. I was oh. paying attention. Yeah. And I kept up with everything, yeah. but like I could not pay direct attention to the game because I had too much anxiety at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. That, that was my big discovery about myself with the pandemic era, everything shifting to playing online. Mm-hmm. And I've discovered that as an online player, I don't feel good at it. Yeah. If I'm in a room with people, I'm in, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm playing the game. It's awesome. It's great. When I'm online, I'm sitting in front of my computer 
But it is my action machine. It is my primary entertainment device with multiple screens, and I'm doing my thing. And I notice that because I don't want to be the a hole that's like, oh, keep that spotlight on me. Fuck all you other players. So, like, I'll purposely do my thing, let the action move on to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And all of my years of one ear listening to actual plays. Yeah has turned it into a thing where I just immediately shift into passive audience mode and listen mm-hmm. to the other things going yeah. on. Yeah. And then I'll still interject when it's my turn and I'll, I'll be part of the game. But as soon as the rest of that, my brain space frees up from actively acting, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. nope, I'm, oh, now I'm power watch simulatoring. Yeah. yeah. I also discovered after three years, almost four years now, that when I do... I do a lot of sound effects. Okay. When I talk and when I do stuff and I'll be like, and it's like, shh, like that. Zoom on default will can- noise cancel all yes. that shit out. Yep. And I oh. just found that out like a couple of sessions ago. It's been years of your people just seeing you go. Yeah. And they're all like, mm-hmm. okay. And, and I could tell <laughs> something wasn't quite right. Yeah. But like, wasn't quite sure. And then at some point, found out like or uh, that was it we started recording our games and so i'm like going through through the recording and like uh, it's just quiet and i'm like i just noticed they're like oh yeah there are times where you make noises we can't hear you yeah and i'm like i wish it said something oh man i fixed my uh i fixed all my or whatever yeah whatever it was and then this past game i was able to do it but they also heard the motorcycle out on the street so (laughs) Give and take. Give and take. Discord, by the way, if anybody's going to join the the game, the days. Game days. Um, game days. The Discord will often do that as well. Mm. Discord yeah, will. noise gate out. Noise gate out. Mutterings. Things. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Which is helpful when I'm online, but not helpful sometimes if you're GMing for effect. Yes. Now, yeah. The interesting side of that for me is when I'm GMing online, it's fine. Because you're never off. As the GM. Yeah. yeah. Right? You're always like, even if your players are doing a whole thing and you're not participating in, in it, you're still like, I need to be watching what's happening yeah. and fully engaged so that I can prepare whatever is happening around their story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that kind of thing. So, as a GM online, I felt like I was still doing well. Yeah. Some of my players, like, yeah. use Zoom chat to, like, yep. DM each other and stuff, and I can see them doing stuff as we're doing stuff, and I'm like, at least they're not on Twitter. That's like me. The asshole. <laughs> At least you're not like me. At least you're not like me. <laughs> That's right. Should we go to our mail? I think we should. All right. Before we are here until midnight. Let's go. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen y'all, so. That's I mean, right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I've, it's been like eight fate, seasons. Fate years. It's been eight years. Eight yeah. seasons All of so those seasons. since I've been on. Bless me, Dave, for I've sinned. It's been at least. Eight seasons. You're coming with the wrong guy if you're looking for absolution. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I have three beers and coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. Uh, all right, number one. It? Go for it. All right, mailbag one. Dear Happy Jacks team, newer listener, and this is my first time writing in for your sage advice. I've been been GMing since my friends uh, got a short-lived campaign started online during the pandemic. Most of them didn't stick with it, but me and one other person really fell in love with the hobby and found some other players to start a new campaign. Since then, I mostly play and GM for online friends, 
It's gone well, but one aspect of GMing really is hard for me. Balancing character backstories with the broader narrative. Sometimes it feels like juggling flaming swords. Exhilarating yet perilous. Maybe he actually knows how to juggle. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He could be juggling, uh, literally juggling flaming swords. One of my players in the most recent campaign is really creative with their characters and crafted an intricate backstory involving a long-lost twin, a mysterious prophecy, and a sentient cheese wheel. I'm 100% in for the last bit. <laughs> it's Cheddar. Cheddar. Hey, I'm, I'm Cheddar. How you doing? As engaging as it was, fitting it seamlessly into the campaign proved challenging. It was so entertaining that it often became the center of the session. How do you integrate complex character backgrounds without overshadowing the main plot? Any tips on intertwining personal stories into the overarching narrative? <laughs> Excitedly awaiting your wisdom. A backstory juggling GM who isn't on the Discord and gave up Twitter, so no catchy online name for me. P.S. I don't know why everyone adds these to their emails, but evidently it's a thing. You can tell they're new because they're asking for sage advice. Yes. yes. You shall not find that here. Instead of drunk advice. <laughs> I mean, I've had beer with sage in it before. <laughs> <laughs> Is that advice? Yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Clearly. Burn um, stage gives me a headache. <laughs> also, also, the PS thing, as backstory, it started ages ago with people that just couldn't stop writing more content into oh, the yeah. email. PS, PPS, PPPS. And then it would yeah. end up being like a whole second email yeah. underneath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, then it was that like, was, was it show... Hidden content or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show that's, rest of email. That's a callback. It's old story. Yeah. I was going to say, that's Stuff season two. <laughs> so, I feel you. I feel you. Um, I feel you. Uh, it's the curse of a GM with really interested players that come up with such amazing details for you. Right? And then you just have this giant it's like going to a restaurant and somebody orders the appetizer sampler. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're like, there is so much here that I want to try, but I also know that I have a whole wreck of ribs coming. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like I can't. Oh, okay. All right. So like I'll have a mozzarella stick and then we'll talk for a while. Yeah. And kind of depending on the game, like, I don't know if you guys have found this out, but like if I'm doing a one shot, I'm really happy you did that backstory. And I am Mr. Backstory. Like, I weave that shit into my long-term campaigns like crazy. But if it's a one-shot, if we're just playing tonight, yeah. that's a cool backstory, you're real yeah. bro. But it ain't making it yeah. into this yeah. game. Yeah. We're here for a, yeah. a, a good time. It's a quick a and dirty. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have found that the trick is for me to pick a player and grab a nugget. Mm-hmm. Every maybe two sessions. Right. right. Dunk it in the barbecue. Yeah. Just you grab that little bit of their story and bring it in. Yeah. And then you move on to the next player and you grab a little bit from them and bring it. Now, if you have the imbalance where one character is writing these 15 page dissertations on their character and all the things that happened in their life and your other players are giving you bupkis, then you just kind of go to that player's stuff pull out like a big chunk. Yes. Pull out like the long lost twin brother, right? Yeah, yeah, And then you make that a focus for three, four, five sessions. Finding the, the, that lost, long lost brother is in trouble or yeah. 
yeah. you got a note from them that came through some courier that's the hook. Yeah, yeah, that becomes a, a hook for a few session game, and then kind of let your other players know that's what's happening. Right. My my games are driven by this stuff. Like sure. I don't I don't go like, well, at fifth level, they're gonna meet a necromancer and then they're gonna have to go through all these things and then they're gonna fight a small dragon, but it's the mother dragon, you know, and yeah, like yeah, go yeah. off like that. No, no, no. I I do an intro adventure that's just anyone could drop into this adventure. People get to know them each other, they get to know their own characters. Cause I also find people, even when you've written, you could write as much backstory as you want, but until you get that character on yeah. their feet, you don't know who they are. Yeah. Yeah, and then it'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to have a little piece of this come in here, just like you were saying. Or like, whichever one really, really like sparks something in me early on, I go like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have this backstory with this character's love affair with the Lord's daughter, and that's going to be going on. And then like, while that's happening, suddenly there's some guys attacking from another person's backstory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... This guy is looking for stuff pertaining to his backstory, but you kind of let the characters and the players decide when to bring it in and stuff like or that. Or like what, what it is. And then, and then I just freaking jump them with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I, you know, like, look. Wait, I think, you so. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, I think that the opportunity is, is that you're still the GM, mm-hmm. right? And so... So taking a look at at sort of the broader, not the broader story you want to tell, right? Because it's always a, a collective story, but your broader framework and say, you know what, maybe, maybe instead of an outside land being the attacker, it's the long lost twin brothers war party. Like little changes, because you already have it there, but nothing's set in stone. That's so right, you, yeah. you can flip in and out and see what you can do to really make it more personal for for the player because those are the campaigns the players are going to remember. Yeah, the ones when your backstory for your character gets woven into something and the whole group is working together <laughs> to fight your backstory and then it yeah. means something to the for characters. Real. For real. Yeah. That's uh, the one of my favorite things about the Blade Runner mm-hmm. game that I've been running here is it gives the GM so many little tools because every time someone takes some downtime, whether that's going home to sleep it off or going out drinking or whatever, it has a a little table that you roll on every time they take a downtime because the game is broken up into shifts. Mm -hmm. So there's four shifts per day. And if you go, you could do three shifts and then you have to take a downtime. Or if you're, You you can push and do a fourth, but then you're forced into it, right? Yeah. And there's negatives involved in things. But like every downtime, there's a chart, you know, roll a D8. Let's see something that might happen during your downtime. And it has been so useful for just bringing in little backstory bits from all the players, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you get a phone call from somebody and they need your help. Mm -hmm. It's the gist of one of the things you can roll, right? And it's so easy to be like, oh, well, okay, you got a call. And then... The call is about the case they're working. Yeah. Because they're peripherally connected to this world around this kind of, you know, replicant versus human thing. So, okay, they're contacting you because they heard something on the grapevine and they're like, oh, I know you're a cop dealing with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Let me, what, 
Maybe you could help my friends out. Do something nice for me, right? Yeah. Just bringing in those little little bits. Like, one of my players, Kai, gave me this cool-as-fuck story <laughs> for this replicant that's an older model that has had bits replaced to be more up-to-date and pass right. as the current replicant. Nice. Right? And, like, has these vivid dreams about some like a child that can bring plant life back to the earth oh. and like the whole like trees and all this focus and stuff so just dropping in little bits about plants yeah through the like at one point they went to cool concert at the disney concert hall right mm-hmm. that's been elevated 200 stories in the air and has a park around it now, like you do right <laughs> but, yeah yeah and in the reception they had actual like ferns like real living Fancy. ferns. Yeah, that's a flex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Cause it was a high society thing and, and all that. And like, I spent the whole time like just like <laughs> hanging out next to the fern. Like, it's, it's a real, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And like, well, they, awesome. they grow better when you talk to them. Yeah. 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 Um, and you're not a monster. Story Girl in chat talks about one of the more effective approaches is co creating characters with the players via GM prompts. And involving other players, individual slash group session zeros can make the process of channeling that creative in a more collaborative direction, which I could not agree with more. Yeah, That's actually, I'm planning sure. on doing that. Uh, we have uh, our campaign two is coming up for my Wednesday night group. I'm going to do a uh, Savage Worlds fantasy game right here on this channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wolfman Jack just Wolfman came into the Jack. studio. <laughs> yeah. And like, I love, first off, the character that you can come up with together is better than any character anyone can make up with on their own. Yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And 100%. like, I just spent like, went out to lunch with one of my players, Jack, who is at my in-person game. We do about once a month and spent like two hours eating pie and like going, oh, and you know what? And then, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. no, and then. Yeah, and then like figuring <laughs> out actually like, because it, it was a part of the world that I like had like two paragraphs written on. Yeah. And so, we figured out all the stuff. He now has like a book basically yeah. written on this. I'm like, oh God, when I make this, because I'm actually working on the book for Aldgate. That's at aldgaterpg.com, which you can get it all for free right now. Yeah. Was that a uh, plug that just went by? Hey, yeah. Brock, Brock, whoa, <laughs> that's a plug. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to have to give you a writing credit because you just wrote so much. I haven't even seen it yet. He hasn't even, but he is also from one of my writing groups. Oh, so yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. But anyone want to say anything about that well so the the only thing that just kind of the story girl thing triggered it for me and you said it was savage worlds is they've got interludes broken into or at least some of the the older editions i haven't played the newest one but they used to have interludes broken into their campaigns where they encourage you to just be like take a quick break for one session and do story shit and do background character story character driven Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. that's outside of the realm of combat and the and the main story and i think i think taking those opportunities like not everything has to be woven into the giant meta escape it could just be you know what let's go visit your mom today yeah yeah you know i had sometimes it's a riker episode yeah, yeah. and sometimes <laughs> yeah. yeah you just hop over chairs yeah. and everything's great mm-hmm. <laughs> i did a downtime thing for my uh, my wednesday night group at one point was like we're gonna take a six month time jump like you guys figure out because i think we had like a week off or something so in two weeks come back 
we're going to start with you telling us about what you did over the last six months. And I chatted with each one of them during those two weeks. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys was like, I think that's where we discovered that his character was a spy. Oh. In this musketeer group. Oh. And that he had taken his time to find, like he rolled on some chart and it was like, he uncovered this like group of, I don't even know what they were, but he basically had this whole gambling thing set up where he ended up winning like 75,000 gold oh my pieces. Gosh. And the yeah. Millennium Falcon. Yeah. And he like, <laughs> he like put most of it, like most of it went back Except to the crown. Except the Musketeer but... thing, it would be an actual Falcon. Yes. That's true. <laughs> yes. Just a Named very Millennium. old Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one eye, one wing. <laughs> what kind of hunk of junk is this? <laughs> hey, this Falcon is <laughs> He just tried to hiss at me and <laughs> dust came out. Made the Paris run in less than 12 kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> One oh. of the other things I was going to say, unless you had something to no, no, no. add on there. <laughs> I was just trying Fitting um, it into the campaign proved to be challenging. It was so entertaining that it often became the center of the session. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, if it's the same person over and over again, yeah. then I think that's yeah. the challenge. Yeah. Right? Which is funny because I was just, I wrote down let all the players know, and this is a great thing to do at a session zero, yeah. that like, for me, I know the way I like to run things is like, we're gonna hit some stuff on Dave's character and then eventually I'm gonna weave in stuff from your character and all that, but like, I'm gonna say, I would say to the group, so we're gonna eventually gonna come down to one person's storyline where they're kind of the center of it. Just have patience. You'll have plenty to it'll do during around. this. Yeah. And it'll come around to you too. Yeah. That is both a promise and a threat. Yes. Yeah. That's that sounds like my love life. Mm -hmm. And when you're writing those backstories, leave things open. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't write me the novelization. Mm -hmm. Don't encapsulate yeah. everything and finish the story. Leave. Yeah. If you wrap you know, up all your loose ends, nobody wants to play that. Yeah. That's Correct. like, well, yeah, I had to have that conversation with one of my players where I was like, hey, you know, like, this is great, but this is a whole life that happened before you were here, and there's nothing for me to draw from them from there because all of those people are dead or like yeah, yeah. no longer in the picture in some way. Yeah. So like, what are you about now? I need to know what you're about now and what yeah. drives you. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the stereotypical, like, my whole family's dead. Yeah. And there's no one in my life I care about. I'm only an adventurer. That's right. To kill. And you're like, okay, buddy. Okay, we could do that. <laughs> or we could have a real person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to be Leon the professional. You're not that interesting until you encounter Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of people aren't that interesting until, until they, they meet Natalie, Natalie Portman. I mean, yeah. Sure. Zach Braff, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> exactly the point. You know, like, you, you got to have someone left that you care about to create a motivation, right? Yeah. And that is creating a character with a backstory with open ends is it's an act of vulnerability. Yes. And so you can only do that with a gem that you trust. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. That or, some people are out there to get you. And so that's why a lot of people, especially because like when we were younger, oftentimes that was the point of being yes. GM was like, I'm going to exert oh, my power yeah. that yes. I've never felt in my life because I'm 13. 
<laughs> and I've never been 23, able to do whatever. It. It's 23, <laughs> 60, whatever. Same. And so like actually sitting down and doing that and opening up because I had I had a player one time long, long ago in a group from the 90s in the late 20th century. Oh. <laughs> who uh I was he was a a dwarf and I was like dwarfs in my campaigns are like religious big family that sort of yeah, yeah, deal yeah. like let me hear about your family and everything and he was like no one I have no one and nothing that you can uh, do and like you can't get me at all and so I just had his family show up I was like yeah. fuck you here's your family <laughs> and he was like into it yeah like yeah I gave him something to cry about good yeah that's right well, and a lot of times, I get it, players. If you are wary about providing those details, I understand. Mm-hmm. Because all of us have played with a GM who just wants to trample you in the not fun way. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that just wants oh. to bowl over you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That just did a lot about yeah. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. There's a whole lot to talk about. Step on my neck, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, exactly. There are those story girl. You got it exactly. There are GMs that play to be the adversary, right? Right. That want to control all the bad guys and make bad guys do bad things and win and win the game. Yes, yes. The GM who wants to win is the worst. Right. That's why I don't GM. Right. I like. And I don't mind the GM that wants to win when you get into a tactical situation. Yeah. Like in a combat, if you're going to play your NPCs that are in the combat to the best of your ability against us, the players, thumbs up. That's fine. As soon as that combat ends, though, now we're telling the story together again. It's one family again. I always say, I'm rooting for you, but I got to play them for keeps. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to play them to be authentic, so that that way the the characters on the other side know, oh, this is going to mean something. Yeah. You exactly. Know? And if I start pulling punches or whatever, they'll be like, oh well, combat doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's like in a video game where you're like, cool, I'm just starting out, and then suddenly you come around the corner and there's a huge horrible monster, and you get involved in this fight with the monster. And clearly you're, lo- it's the trope of the clearly you're meant to lose this fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you wake up in the hospital with amnesia and that's where the game actually starts. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, don't, <laughs> like, don't let that be the thing all yeah. the time. Right. There's a reason why tropes can be effective, but aren't necessarily the best storytelling tool. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, all right. If players have trouble developing backstories, there's something called decima. Decima is as a group. really, really yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah. even one if, to one. Yeah. GM to player. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But I mean, I feel I feel it is much more effective as group all together. Yeah. I agree with you, but if someone's not ready to take that leap, sure. You know, you you let them get a little wet in the shallow end. Uh-huh. And then you, and then then you, you push, push them off them the diving yeah, board. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> here's the Baja shelf. You're safe. Yeah. See? <laughs> Bloop. Yeah. Yeah, Decima is great, especially when you have a group of, like, I've been writing a a series, a, a advice series, and one of the things I've been writing about is this exact thing where, where we were all at one point, like the gym was like, and here's the tavern, go. And everyone, all the players are like, go what? Like, yeah. I don't know what to do here. And so eventually there came a point in my gym career where I was like, 
okay, I'm not going to spend two or three sessions just hoping that the group will somehow come together. Yes. You know each other. Right. And Decima yep. is particularly good in those situations. But like I'm doing my campaign two for my Wednesday night group. I'm splitting the players into two groups. And these guys know each other and these guys know each other, but they, they don't all know each other. So they're going to have to come together. Oh, They've got okay. secrets. They're not a long time. Like most of them are just road companions and stuff. But each group is going to play deck mode with yeah. each other, even if it's just one or two cards. Interesting. Just to yeah, give okay. them a little something. Yeah. But okay. I mean, these are also like a group of actors and writers. And so they generally they're don't have. Yeah. yeah. One of the guys is the guy I'm writing the book with, and he's worked for Cobalt Press, Brian. Hey. He said he's already written like 10 pages. Or something. Holy. He said, Are you ready for it? And I said, Absolutely. And I sent him a <laughs> gif of somebody just shredding a bunch of documents. <laughs> That's good. All right. good. All right. All right. Mailbag two. Let's do number two. You want me to read it? All right. Dear Kimmy and the backup band of chaotic bards. Hey! Kimmy's not here today, so I'm sorry. <laughs> All you get is yeah. chaos. Yeah. And not Kimmy good advice. So there you That's go. Right. Um, and also, really, only one person here qualifies as a bard-ish person. Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> that's... Hey, musically pretty, talented. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess like we, you and I could be like the spoken word bards. Yeah. Oh, I use yeah. I use my fucking rapier wit. Like sure. Like there you a, go. Careful and enunciate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Done. I need inspiration and advice on how to handle the ever-growing entourage of followers, henchmen, and pets that seem to gather around every party of adventure, especially pets. It is not only an issue in Dungeons and Dragons, but it is a fine example, so I stick with that. It seems to me that there are often as many, and sometimes more, player-controlled extra character than actual players around the table. Rangers and druids have animal companions, spellcasters have familiars, and then there are all sorts of summoned beasts and creatures, and a few hangarounds, allies, or hired henchmen. Then, when the inevitable combat occurs, the game really slows down to a grind. Dun, dun, dun. So how to handle it? Let the players roll dice for their entourage? Often gives the players some enjoyment and ownership. However, it takes time. It is even worse if the game master has to roll dice to keep track of hit points on top of everything else. Another option would be to simply hand wave it all and take the narrative approach, which might be quick and easy, but also leaves the players with a loss of agency and involvement. Best regards, Bill Meister Thomas from Denmark. P.S. Thanks for making the world's best RPG advice show a reality. P.P.S. <laughs> Did we all? Thank you, Thomas. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Thomas. Did we make another RPG advice show? Yeah, he said the world best. Yeah, it's not this one, right? I mean, he listens to the show he listens to in his universe. Right. Okay. That's fair. Denmark. Yeah, Denmark. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I hear we're big in Denmark. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is really interesting to me because, like, I like I have a step around the mechanics house rule. Well, first of all, before we get into the answers, okay. Yeah, because we don't answer things here. We talk about shit. Look, I wanted to be up front and then have a conversation. Yeah. All right. Then you know what? what? You're wearing the headphones. You do what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Guess what? 
Mom, he's yelling at my mic. <laughs> Where's Timmy? Okay. She never allowed it. <laughs> so there's rails and then there's off. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm. Like we're on the dirt road next to the train track. <laughs> That's right. Right. Sometimes it has to go up and over a hill because nobody had the money to dynamite blast their way through it. You know, we get there. We get there. So the thing that I have seen done and I have done a couple of times is all of those extra people that might get involved in combat, A, let the players know that combat is peril. Yeah. Yeah. So if your pet dog that you love is joining you in combat, now the gloves are off. Like something bad could happen to that. I don't want to be the guy that has to kill somebody's dog, but you, yeah. you are making have, the dog fight. I have a general yeah. rule for non-combat pets, which is your pet will not die, but it will not stay around for combat either. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's smart enough to be like, mm, yeah. have fun, yeah. buddy. Yeah. 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 Good Good right. yeah. Which is exactly fine, right? Like, yeah. I support that in its entirety, but if it's still happening, right, now everybody in the combat could be in peril. But the thing that I've seen done that I really, really like is you turn all of those helpers into assistants, mm-hmm. right? You're not going through, okay, well, we hired 10 dudes that are going to come with us into this dungeon, so let's roll every attack for each dude and yeah, keep yeah, track yeah. of all their hit points and all that. You just make it so it's like you have an advantage, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. those guys are keeping some of the group busy, so you're better at whatever you're trying to do. Reloading muskets. I had a yeah. dude who specifically did that for this musketeer group in our first adventure. That's pretty good. Sure. Um, yeah. Or just even, like in the three musketeers. That's right. They that's had a even just like having that in D and D terms, having you get to roll advantage on your attack is huge. Yeah. Those guys are creating enough of a scuffle that you are able to take advantage of that. Yeah. Like just kind of. Let that be part of it, you know? So, so I think there's, a, there's two ways to look at it, right? First of all, going back to my original question before Dave rudely interrupted me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fucking advice. The... Don't <laughs> mute me, bitch. Actually, that'd be a good Happy Jacks shirt. Don't mute me. <laughs> Don't mute me. Anyway, how often have either of you encountered that? Very rarely, actually. That was what I was going to say is I do not run into hirelings following my dudes around. I've had, I've actually had one of my players, her character is dating a high level wizard who was like, I could come with you, darling. And she's like, no, we must go alone. <laughs> I'm like, I have trained them well, but a little too well because you can actually use the wizard here. Like, <laughs> it's like Elminster is just sitting there like, please, my love, let me come yeah. help you. <laughs> I have 16 spells named after me. Like, let me assist you. I'm a grown-ass uh, woman and I'm independent. <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah, stay in your damn tower. I'm going to go handle my own shit. Um, also acid pits acid pits is good one real good acid pit will take care of all of these animals and hirelings and everything That's fair. you can just watch them slowly sink into it while they scream their last breaths and melt into a pile of goo only if they're personally attached to them though yes like emotionally Mm -hmm. oh like via rope like it's a peril they have to cut the rope real quick otherwise they get (laughs) it's a rope of feelings Dave (laughs) Umbilical cord of feelings. 
the other thing is, I think this really is a thing that happens when you get players into the high level. Correct. Yes. Yes. For sure. Because, yeah. it, you know, the vast majority of my RPG experience is not at end game no. level stuff, right? It's not. You're not like, oh, great. I'm the general. Here's my whole army. <laughs> Let's yeah. go, yeah. you know. There's a couple other things that I have done with this too, one of which is those NPCs go, we'll take the left flank. You guys go where the PCs want to go and they leave. Yeah. And then yeah. you catch up with them later. I have done the thing where they're like, uh, you know, you're fighting the main bad guys and some other guys are trying to break down the door. The NPCs go and hold at the door yeah. and you don't have to sit there and like roll for them. But if they do get into the main combat, you let those players roll for their own NPCs because there's nothing more boring than watching your DM just roll oh, dice yeah. oh, over 100%. and over and over again. 100%. Yeah. But if you've got... First of all, if, if it's a high-level campaign, combat's going to grind anyway. Right? Yeah. That's just that's <clears throat> yeah. just the way so it goes. So let it grind less. Yeah. The other aspect of it is, is if you've got a druid, a ranger, a high-level fighter with a bunch of hirelings and, and all kinds of stuff like that, then maybe maybe it's a scenario where if you're finding that each combat turn takes way too long, then it's... I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't think it is as I'm saying it, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Mm. But you do like one turn, all the animals are doing stuff. One turn, all the humans are doing stuff, right? And split it up so that like every other turn, something is more impactful mm. than, than every turn, just everything going all the time. Because then it takes away from the other players and what the heroes themselves are actually doing. So. For sure, for sure. Like, nobody's watching The Lord of the Rings to see unnamed orc fight unnamed Rohan Rider. On the menu. Right? Like, nobody's <laughs> watching for that. Like, it's happening 17 miles from the camera, in the rain. It's there. On a computer somewhere in New Zealand. <laughs> in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you're watching to see who's going to win in the body count between Gimli and Legolas. Yeah, exactly. Right? But that's what you're Dwarves watching. Are better than but elves. maybe. Well, oh, Dwarves are better than elves. I mean, that's I fine. Although, yeah. Legolas is Legolas. And he's yeah. good, but Dwarves are better than elves. Yeah. And then also, there are all sorts of summoned beasts and creatures. Throw in somebody with dispel magic. Yeah. It always pisses off my Ooh. druid when those pixies show up and they're like, wee! To spell magic, boom, all gone. Yeah. I've also seen someone do, you just roll once. For all of your henchmen. For you and, and all, all your henchmen. Yeah. And like, maybe you have different bonuses than them, but then you just math it out and tell us what happened. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, you're only rolling, you're not going through, you've got six people working with you. You're not rolling six times and doing the math mm -hmm. separately. It's one roll, okay, I know my henchmen are plus two and my summon, you know, war pig is plus three and, you know, whatever. I like that song. Yeah. Sometimes what I've done when I know there's going to be a large NPCs versus NPC bad guys mm -hmm. thing is I will, if I know that that's coming up this week, I will roll it before the game. Oh, okay. And then play it out narratively. Sure. Like, gotcha. because what if your guys lose and yeah. the bad guys win and then more bad guys enter the fight and suddenly poor Kaldor is dead. Yeah, Eldor. Mm -hmm. He knew what he did. Who? The, I don't know. Eldor was a hireling that we guy had in the shit zombies game. No, no. But that guy that's been with our party for months. 
Who? Who? Wait, we have Caldor? a pirate? I'm pretty sure <laughs> I remember if there were a guy named Caldor. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know that guy that he made pierogies all the time he was so good but so one thing that, that you mentioned about the using dispel and stuff like that I think you've got to be very careful about how and when you use it because yes. if you're using it every single battle then the druid's like why the hell did I pick summon dire mm, bear yeah, I'm not prepping that spell anymore if you're just going to yeah, constantly if you're just going to cheese me on it yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, and then you can uh, also what I I actually talked about summoning creatures with my group who are level fifteen. Yeah, where I'm like it's high level. Yeah, and I'm like guys, just watch your summoned things. Like sometimes yeah. I know it's the right thing to do, but it slows down the game and it pisses me off. See, that's an invitation. You're being vulnerable with your mm-hmm. players, and some of them will take advantage of that, and they will do it just to piss you off. <laughs> at this particular table, I feel pretty safe. Oh, see, yeah. Not, that's not, not the one I'm sitting at right now. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, you good. son of a bitch. <laughs> I have prepped Dude. Summon Animal at level four and level three. And level two. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole fucking menagerie yes. ready to roll. Oh, yeah. 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 I actually had to put the kibosh on one thing, which is if you like summon, you can summon like eight or ten pixies or something like that mm-hmm. and they all come with polymorph <laughs> oh damn so they all like show up polymorph bad guy and then like it's eight even if i have like an ancient red dragon yeah nope it's chances are cheap. yeah one of them didn't get through yeah. yeah but but then the other things you can do is things like that i am a big believer in let your players tactics work yeah. And let them like let them feel cool for coming up with that idea. Unless it's a potato tactic. Like, yeah, unless, unless it's, the worst it's thing ever. that sort yeah. of thing. But you know, you can give somebody a breath weapon or yeah. some sort of AoE that'll just blast out all those pixies yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's a balance. There's a balance mm-hmm. in the GM you have to strike, stuff like that. And yeah. again, I'm not talking as a GM because as I said earlier, I don't do it. I just watch all of you and judge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been DMing so long, I don't care. That's fair. I care. <laughs> In deeply. Deeply. And that's why we're friends. Yeah. yeah. Because, because he knows where you don't are. Yeah, you don't have... The mute. The mute button. The table to turn now, fucker. <laughs> all these years. <laughs> all I knew I needed. I have the headphones now. I have the headphones now. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, Anything else? No, I don't think so. I really think you just got to start killing your NPCs. All the hirelings, they got to go. Yeah. Guys got a cute little puppy, dead. That's fair. Every once in a while, the chimney sweep method. Yeah. 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 Just a really bad accent. Yeah. Actually, sometimes you might just kill one and they're going to want to leave them all at home. Um, And don't kill them. Let them die in the course of combat. But yeah. Like suddenly they go, maybe we shouldn't bring an entourage. Yeah. And then also you could just say, please don't bring your entourage. That's that's true too. But I mean again, that's that's the hard part though, is because at a higher levels, it's written in as a bonus for some characters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like for the entourages yeah. and stuff like that. So that's why you don't it's mechanically important enough where you don't wanna unintentionally nerf somebody just because it's a little bit of a pain in the ass. It's finding that middle ground of like, 
How can I do this? If they're coming in, it's going to be bad Mm -hmm. or it could be bad or it could be good, but you're taking your chances. Boom. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. And let us know like how how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you use an acid pit. (laughs) I think I think Angie's gunning for something. But yeah, please, Thomas, let us know how it goes. And no name, no catchy name. I'd also be yeah, the unnamed, yeah. about, unnamed juggler about, about how juggler you call him juggler. <laughs> that is your new handle. Your, your yeah. catchy name. Juggler. You should join juggler. the discord as juggler. That's actually pretty mm-hmm. good. That'd be that, that's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our creative moment for the night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm spent. And I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for joining us for season 33, episode six. These seasons just fly by. Please support our amazing Indie Designer of the Month, Christopher Gray, at thunderedhold.com and lighthearted.games. Thank you to James V in the chat, as Woo! always. Who, uh, who and keeps... everybody else who joined us there. Yeah, and yeah. all the people that participate in chat are awesome. Yeah. That's grand, but James specifically does so much hero's work keeping the chat a safe place from all of the terrible things that exist on the internet. So cheers. And an even bigger cheers to the Happy Jacks Patreon members. Absolutely. You guys literally keep the lights paid for and all of the studio equipment that Amy is continually buying and upgrading and shuffling around to try and get the best experience for us and for you and giving us things to drink and (laughs) all of that stuff so that we can come and have a good time. You can join at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. There are multiple levels you can consider. Mm -hmm. It's not like you have to come show up and give five thousand dollars a month but if you'd like to please mm-hmm. uh, none of us will complain <laughs> but just any little bit helps pay for the channel and the, as things build we start getting more we can start doing cooler stuff next stop scientology wow just for different levels <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah, different levels. Sure. I was gonna we like, get, or we could go Amway, or we could yeah. go. There's a. You just made the we leap. We need Tom Cruise like, in here. You got. <laughs> he can jump up, up and down on the I mean, on the desk. Much like Scientology, shoot for the stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might hit the moon. That's, that's something. I would um, think like Sarah McLaughlin, like even a dollar a day helps. You know, like you nope. just went the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. We need to make billions of dollars. GM. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, Scientology the musical? (laughs) Yeah. RPG. (laughs) That's what uh, Story Girl just said. That is 100% a case of too many tags being attached to a problem. (laughs) 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 Too many executives sitting in a room. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. For real. That's exactly it. Uh, One more time, (laughs) I have been Kadave. You will see me back here most Tuesday nights for the foreseeable future. We're dealing with some scheduling problems for our Blade Runner game, Burning Bright. But we'll get through that, and then we'll wrap up our replicant serial killer issue, and then uh, move on to something else and see what's going on. Definitely not the family-friendly game, so if you want to put your kids down to watch an RPG in action... Put your kids down to sleep like a rabid dog? I mean, you don't have to kill your. You kids just said if you have stuff. NPCs following you around, you have to throw in an acid pit. So don't start. <laughs> right. So throw your kids in an acid pit and watch <laughs> Burning Bright uh, on Tuesday night. But we'll we'll wrap that up, and then we're kind of at a decision point where we're going to find out if we're going to go on to a third investigative arc, or if we're going to 
kind of wrap things up for now and see what happens in season two. But we'll see. I'm Ingy. I'm playing here on Sunday afternoons. The Pinnacles game. Yep. That's good. I'm Rob. It, hopefully it'll be less than four years before I show up again. We can yeah. only... Oh, oh, no, no. People are voting against. <laughs> and I Call 1-800 if you don't want to see Rob back right. on the show. Oh, my God. We could, like, make money. Like American Idol. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I do miss telling Jason that he DMs wrong in his mm. games. So that's, that's my big contribution here. Mm. Lurk and see when he signed up to be on the show. And then you hey. can... Yeah. I was actually yeah. supposed to do the Sunday Pinnacles one, is, but I had to, uh, two yeah. p.m. on Sundays. Yeah, I had to. I was originally going to do it, but I had a lot of conflict. So. Mm. You yeah. should just pop your head in around three. You're like that's right, doing it wrong. Yeah. That I, <laughs> yeah, just you hear the the thriller <laughs> creaky door. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I might. That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with that, we will leave you with a song. Tonight's song is. Heavy Mahogany by Ren Fair Friends, The Dread Crew of Oddwood. You can find their website at thedreadcrewofoddwood.com. Spelled Standard spelling. Standard spelling. Yeah. Odd, O-D-D, wood. Dread has an A in it. Yes. It rhymes with red, but has an A. And it rhymes but with the other red that also has an A. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. We'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.
show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. Mm-hmm.